Let's pray. Father in heaven, you're good. And we're grateful, Lord, for all the things that you've done for us. For all of us in this room who have been brought from death to life because of the blood of Jesus, that's what we celebrate tonight. Knowing that our names are written in a book of life, that's what you told your disciples to celebrate, and that's what we're celebrating tonight, Lord. Thank you for our salvation. Thank you for the blood. Thank you for our Savior. Pray tonight, Lord, as we quiet our hearts and we turn our attention toward your word, that you would speak to us clearly tonight on what you've laid on my heart. This is a very sobering, simple but sobering scripture that we're gonna talk about tonight, Lord. So I pray as always that your Holy Spirit would be the teacher here, that all the things I might have to say, you tweak and perfect them for the ears that are, are listening tonight, Lord, because you know each person's heart in here. You know where we need met, you know where we need help, and you know how we need spoken to. I don't know that, but I know you do, and I know you're here. So thank you for your presence. Pray your provision tonight is enough for each one of us that you'll help us exactly where we need it, Lord. Pray your protection over this group as we share what we're gonna talk about tonight, Lord. This is very important scripture. And uh, just pray that the power of your Holy Spirit would be at work in this place. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Have a seat, everyone. It's good to see you guys tonight. Glad you made it out on this beautiful night. Um, so this is our last regular Wednesday night of teaching. We're still meeting next week, like we talked about before. Um, next week's gonna be pretty amazing, you guys, so make sure if you get the opportunity, feel free to invite a friend. It's gonna be more worship-focused next week. We're gonna have a live band coming in from in town that plays that's really, really good. I think they're called the Lead Slingers, if I remember right. So just come next week, prepare to have fun. We'll hang out, but we're gonna do a lot of worship next week and a couple of little devotional thoughts from Tanner and I. And then, then we'll be done for the year. So anyway, glad you guys joined us tonight. I'm really wanting to, man, I need God's help tonight. I really do because I have, want to know the truth? Let me tell you what happens in my brain. I did not want to preach on this scripture tonight. <laughs> I did my dead level best to go a different direction and God wouldn't give me one thought according to another scripture. And it's a great story that I, was, that I had desired to teach tonight, but God said, he just, I can just see God stand there going, are you done yet? <laughs> Are you wanting to do it my way yet? Because that's exactly what he does. And as soon as I turned my heart toward what he wanted me to share, things started coming to my mind and coming to my heart. And I just love how God does that in my life and how he just, there's been times I sit there and I'm like, I have no idea what to preach or I want this, but God says, no, Dan, we're not doing that, we're doing this. And once I eventually submit to it, then what you guys hear tonight, that's a, me submitting to God, if you will. Last week, we closed with that idea of Cliff, Cliff Young. Remember the guy who was in the muckluck boots? The guy who ran 61-year-old potato farmer, ran that ultra marathon in, in, uh, in Australia? When I started to think about the scripture, these two kind of tied together. Last week, we talked about how Paul keeps his eyes fixed on one thing. He focuses on one thing, and that's his relationship with Christ and Christ alone, right? <clears throat> and then Paul also talked about that idea of pressing on toward the goal, right? Pressing on that idea of sticking out your chest and running through that tape. There is a two finish lines that we're gonna talk about tonight in regards to that tape that you might run through. But I thought about this and I thought, okay, last week I encouraged you guys never quit, never give up on your spiritual walk, you keep going. That's what my encouragement was to you guys last week, right? But this is why God, I think, wanted me to talk about this tonight because which path are you on? 
If you're gonna press on and you're gonna continue down that Christian walk, I want you to be very clear on which path you're on. We're gonna talk about two roads tonight. One's narrow and one's wide. You guys all know this scripture. It's like I was praying. It's a very simple but yet very sobering scripture. But I think it's one that we don't teach enough in Christianity personally for me, okay? So I'm really praying God gives me the words so that you guys can hear his heart through what I've got to say tonight, if you will, okay? But I got a question for you before I move on to that. Talk about my wife and I for just a second, okay? November 7th, 1998, Rachel said our I do's. This year it will be 25 years for us. See if I can give you this kind of a thought to sort of hang on to while I talk about what I'm talking about tonight. Do you guys, I'm gonna, I'm gonna ask really stupid questions for a second, are you ready? Do you guys think there are conditions or things that I should or shouldn't do as a husband in regards to my wife? We're married now. She can't divorce me according to scripture, right? Lest I do some really stupid stuff and then she can, I suppose, but we're married. So our relationship has started so I can basically do whatever I want, yes? I can't? No, it's dumb to think that way. Why is that? It's because I'm in what? A relationship with my wife and the things I'm gonna do each day are gonna help or harm that relationship with my wife, yes? I base decisions today as a husband and as a man. Today I made decisions based on the day in November 7th in 1998 because that's the day her and I began an eternal relationship with each other. We are now husband and wife before God. Does that make sense to you guys? So in relationships, what I'm trying to get across to you guys, if you can hang on to this idea, in, re in a relationship, there's always gonna be do's and don'ts. Isn't there? If it's your moms and dads, are there do's and don'ts? Well, duh. Absolutely there are, right? In relationships, there's always going to be conditions, commands. My wife says don't do that because it doesn't honor her, right? So in a relationship, you've always got to get back to this. What keeps me going and keeps me to be a good husband, I like to think I'm a good husband, is every decision I make is either going to help or harm my relationship with Rachel, that makes sense to you guys, doesn't it? Joe and Amity are the same way. Clint and Catherine are the same way. Julie and Jeb, same way. What they're gonna do is help or harm the relationship by the decisions they make every day. <clears throat> I don't know why in Christianity we fight with this so much. We are saved by grace. We're gonna talk about that in a few minutes. But after we're saved, being saved is the starting point to a relationship with the one who leads me to heaven. I don't know why we fight so much with that idea that there are conditions. There are do's and don'ts to get to heaven. There are things Jesus tells me, you are my disciple if you do what I command. You're not my disciple if you don't do what I command. So I want you guys to always remember, don't get hung up on this well. Yeah, but we're saved by grace and it's not by works that we get there. I'm not talking about that. I'm not talking about doing works to earn my way to heaven. I'm doing works, the decisions I make, the things I do, the things I don't do, by grace to his glory to help my relationship with him, to build my relationship with him. You guys made decisions during prom night in this room, you guys made decisions with Christ considering Christ. I know you did, because I know you guys. You didn't go do the normal things the world would do on prom night, thank God, right? You made decisions today at school based on your relationship with the Lord. Why are you doing that? Because you wanna help and not harm that relationship. I'm gonna put it this way, you wanna stay on the narrow path. 
That's what Jesus talks about, and that's what I want to dig into tonight. So again, this scripture that I've got, if you guys will turn to your, turn to your um, bulletins, this scripture that I've got tonight is very sobering. Basically what's happening here is this is the end of what the Bible refers to, theologians refer to as the Sermon on the Mount. Okay, this is the very end of it. Chapter five, six, and seven <clears throat> talk about all the things that Jesus says we should do differently as disciples and as Christians now. If you hate your brother, that's considered murder. If, you're, if, you're, if you uh, look at a woman with lust, that's considered adultery. Jesus takes this broad, wide conversations in life and he brings him down and tells all of his disciples, from now on, this is the narrow way I want you to walk. This is the way God would have us walk that would help not harm our relationship with him. That way we can continue to be in relationship with him. Yes, I'm saved by grace, but I'm enabled to live out this life by grace as well. So that's kind of some of the things I wanna make sure that we're talking about. Every one of us are on a spiritual journey. When you're born, you're on a spiritual journey. And I know you guys have heard these conversations. Well, all roads lead to God. That's not how Jesus looks at it. All roads do not lead to God. Jesus makes it very clear, and that's what we're gonna talk about tonight. I kinda, a little facetiously, I, I will tell people, okay, I'll agree with you, all roads are gonna lead to God, but there's one way to heaven. No matter what path we're on, on this side of heaven, the two that Jesus is gonna talk about tonight, you're going to meet God. But as you cross that finish line of life, off these, either one of these paths, when you meet him, there's only one way to get to heaven. And I personally like that about God. I'm, I'm so grateful that God made it very simple for a guy like me that's really not that bright to begin with. He says, this is how you get to heaven, Dan. He makes it very clear in scripture how we do this because a lot of religions will be like, well, it's up to what I do. Okay, if it's up to what I do, when do I do enough? When is enough enough? See, people will say, well, that's up to me to get to heaven. Really? It's not the sense, because if you haven't done enough, when are you gonna find out when it's too late? I stand before God, and God would say, well, you know, if you'd have bought that lady's groceries at the store, Dan, you'd have been there. But you didn't, so sorry, you didn't make it. That's nuts. But yet, that's what the world's gonna tell you how they think. Every one of us are on a journey. The thing I want you to realize tonight, according to Jesus, there are two paths. There are, as I got in your bulletin, there are Two gates, two roads, two groups, and two destinations that we're gonna talk about tonight. And this is Jesus Christ himself in red letters in the Bible. This has nothing to do with my opinion. It has to do with my obedience tonight is what I'm gonna talk about. But here's what I want you guys to allow God to do in your hearts tonight. <clears throat> really let him sink, search your heart tonight and say, what path am I on, Lord? Adult or student in this room, I pray tonight that you would allow God to search your heart and say, what path am I on? Because I've been doing this for about the last three or four days. That I want to make sure that I'm on that right path, the path that Jesus talks about that will lead to, to life. So two gates, two ways, two groups, and two destinations. There are two gates. That's the first thing I want to look at tonight. And it says, enter by the narrow gate. So when you read your scripture, let me read that real quick. It says, Matthew 7, 13 and 14. Enter through the narrow gate, <clears throat> for wide is the gate, and broad is the road that leads to destruction, and many, and many enter through it. But small is the gate, and narrow is the road that leads to life. And only a few, what? Find it. That idea of finding something starting at the end of this tonight is I'm searching, 
I'm looking for, I'm watching out for something, and that's what I want to get at tonight. So the two gates, Jesus does, does not speak of these gates as our destiny. It's the beginning of something. So this gate that he's talking about, there's a wide gate and there's a narrow gate. A, a, a wide gate and a small gate, okay? Those are beginning points of the roads that we're gonna walk down in life, I believe. And that's what he's trying to get across to you. And I want you to see this. Okay, so let's just say the wide gate, many enter with no sacrifice on their part at all. So the wide gate's very easy. But I want you guys to get something. While we're worshiping, God laid this on my heart. Let's see if I can bring this out. If I'm on the wide gate, the world's gate, the easy way, the way I don't have to sacrifice anything, the way I can do whatever I want, the world says, you can do it your way. My truth is my truth. Your truth is your truth. We'll just walk down this road and it'll be amazing. On the other side of that gate, I want you to picture something. The Bible says this about the devil. So if I go through the wide gate and I do it the world's way, someone is waiting on the other side of that gate for me. And that someone is an angel of light, disguised as an angel of light. And that's the devil. And I want you guys to see this, okay? So you're standing here and you're looking that direction and all of a sudden you see this gate, the world's way, the easy way, the I want my truth way. I can pick my gender. I can pick who I want to be married to. I can pick who I love. It doesn't make any difference. It's up to me. My truth is my truth. And you walk through that gate. What I want you to see right there is someone going, come on, it's easy. Just come this way. Don't worry about what that nut job says at youth group. He doesn't know what he's talking about anyway. He's just judgmental and narrow-minded. I'm very narrow-minded because <laughs> God tells me to be. So I want you to see, though, on that side of the gate, the devil is disguised. Think about it. If the devil actually stood here and would reveal to, him, to you exactly what he looked like, you would go through that gate and go, ah! You'd be like, I'm never going in there. That's nuts. But he's disguised as an angel of light, and he is a liar from the beginning. And he's going to tell you, this is, look at everybody. Everybody's doing it this way. Follow me. Come on, it'll be all right. All your friends at school are doing it. It's the simple way. It's the easy way. It's the wide gate. That's the first gate. The second gate is the narrow gate, Jesus says. This, this gate is not a thing. It is a person. And his name is Jesus. In John chapter 10, he says, no one enters the sheepfold except through, by, the, by the gate. And he lays, in that, in that scripture, in those days, I love this because it would be like a, a rock wall or a concrete barrier and there was one way to get into the sheepfold, into the sheep pen. And it was through the gate. And that gate, the shepherd in real life would actually lay in the gate. The shepherd would sleep in the gate. He'd get all the sheep in the, in the pens at night and he'd lay in that gate to keep them from getting out or anybody else getting in. And Jesus says, if anybody comes in other than through the gate, they're a liar and they're a deceiver. And that's the devil. So on this gate, this gate is a person. And I want you to see that same gate for a second because this is where our salvation begins. We're standing here at this gate and all of a sudden, when we step through this by faith, we call on the name of Jesus, we're, we're forgiven exactly like we've been singing about tonight, and on the other side of that gate, I want you to see him. By faith, I want you to see him standing there going, come follow me. Follow me, I'll show you the way. Do you guys get that? These gates are so simple, but yet it's so deep. One gate is wide and it's easy, and the devil's gonna go, come on, everybody else is doing it. Let's go. 
And then the other gate is Jesus standing there. He is the gate. He is the entryway onto this path that is gonna lead me to life, eternal life. And he's standing there and he's doing this. And I don't know whether Julie remembers this or not, but she sat in this room one time, a long time ago, huh, Julie? And she stood right up here in the front and during worship, she painted this charcoal painting. I wish I would have had it tonight with me. It's in my house. She painted me this charcoal painting and it's basically a picture of the Lord standing there doing this. Remember, Julie? Standing here doing this. Saying, come on, follow me. It's not gonna be easy, but I'm here for you. It's gonna be hard, but we got this. That's who is standing on the path on the other side of the gate when our salvation begins. And then all of a sudden, after that, you get this guy, he says, come on, it's gonna be okay, walk with me. And then you start walking down that path. And that's the next thing I wanna look at is when you look at the two different roads, there's two different roads, there's two gates, and again, it's only a starting point for what lies ahead, and every person in this room, or whoever may be listening to this, if you happen to get online and listen to this, every person has two choices. There's not my way. The old Frank Sinatra song, I think, is who used to sing that I did it my way. No, you didn't. According to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, God the Son says it this way, there are two paths, not mine. One belongs to the devil and it leads to destruction and the other one belongs to Jesus and it's the narrow path and it leads to life. So when I experience salvation, now is what I'm trying to get across to you guys. This is when the do's and don'ts begin. This is when I hang on to my relationship with the Lord, not to earn my way to heaven, but to stay on the path that will lead me to heaven. Jesus says that this way in scripture, only one knows the way to heaven and that's the one that's been there. He came from heaven to earth to show me the way back. And if I stay on that narrow path, he will show me the way. There's two roads, the broad road which leads to destruction because it allows this. This is why it leads to destruction. Any behavior anyone desires. So no matter what you wanna do, you can do whatever you wanna do on that road. And trust me, I lived on that road for 38 years. 38 years of my life I lived on that road and I will tell you it is not the easy path. It's absolutely horrible, full of just demons and darkness and it's not good. And you are absolutely separated from God because the narrow path has the Lord, the broad path does not. So when you're walking on the broad path that the world provides you and shows you the way of and tells you that it's easy, don't believe Dan, he doesn't know what he's talking about anyway. Go the easy way, come on, it'll be all right, we'll go this way. Any behavior, those on that road, they deliver, they will tell you, the ones on the wide road will tell you, they're open-minded. They're open-minded. Hey, come on, if you wanna be a whatever, you can be a whatever, we're open-minded here. But watch this, have you ever noticed in the world, and if you haven't yet, you will, they're open-minded until you don't agree with them. And then they're not open-minded anymore. You're still on that wide road with them, but now all of a sudden, because you're not agreeing with them and they're not agreeing with you, there's tension. It doesn't happen like that on the narrow path. Brothers and sisters in Christ don't have that tension because we got our eyes fixed on Jesus. In Proverbs 14, 12, it says this, there is a way that seems right to a man, but its end is the way of death. Eternal death. The narrow road, think about this too, the narrow road, this road leads to life and it is difficult because it requires this, self-denial, sacrifice, and suffering. 
And I got scripture verses for you guys. Please take the time to read these verses so you're not taking my word for it. I want you to be like the Brians tonight. Go home and read the scripture and see for yourself what the Bible teaches. And you'll be reading some of this in your small groups here in just a few minutes. So self-denial, sacrifice and suffering. In other words, I don't get to live the way I want to live. I don't get to do everything I want to do. But my desire should be for God, so that should fill my heart anyway because I do want, I, you know, let me say if I, see if I can say it this way. I do what I want to do on this narrow path. Do you know that? Because you know what I want to do? I want to walk with God. I want to honor Jesus. I know what it's like not to. So in my mind, I make the choice to be on the narrow road. I don't care how hard it is because I know that's what's gonna lead me to life. And I do get to do what I wanna do on the narrow path because I get to do what God wants me to do. And I have a desire to do that. That's not me being self-righteous. That's me being absolutely fully aware of my dependence on Christ to live the way I live. If not for him, I don't have that. This road is full of inconvenient twists, turns, and trials. Again, there's a scripture verse there. Jesus says, in this world you will face many trials on the narrow path. But think about this. If Jesus says, in this world, you will face many trials, do you think on the wide path that leads to destruction, there's not gonna be challenges? Do you think on the wide path, there's not gonna be twists and turns? Oh, there is. Do you know why? Because we live in a fallen world. And on this side of heaven, you're going to experience hard times. You're gonna experience loss, death, financial issues, loss of jobs, family issues. You're gonna experience them whether you're on the broad path or the narrow path. But on the narrow path, you have the grace of God to help you get through those things. On the broad path, on the wide path, there is no Jesus. On the narrow path, you got the Lord to help you, you guys. So you're going to experience these things no matter what path you're on, but I wanna be on the path that the Lord's on because that will help me. How do you stay on the narrow path? You deny yourself. You choose to stay away from sin. You read your Bible and you pray daily. You choose to stay away from sin. You deny what you want and you do what God wants you to do. He makes it very clear in scripture how he wants us to live, you guys. And why? Because that road leads to life. And I wanna stay on that path. And I need Jesus to tell me how to stay on this path. And he makes it very clear in scripture how to do that. Then that idea, I got in your, in your notes, to strive or to agonize to stay on that path. That's that same thing that Paul talks about to press on. That idea of pressing on is to strive or to agonize. Is this gonna be easy? No, it's not. It's gonna be hard sometimes, but you gotta realize you have the grace of God and the power of the Holy Spirit of God to help you live on this path, to help you live out these things that God calls you to do. He gives you the enabling grace to live this way. Is it gonna be easy at times? Yeah, probably sometimes more than others. But there'll be times you're gonna have to make a choice. No, I'm staying on the narrow path. I am not gonna live the way the world lives. I'm not gonna do what the, even if everybody else around me is doing it, that's why it says only a few make it. If everybody else is doing this, you're gonna have to, at times, get a backbone spiritually and say no to the devil. I'm not doing that. I'm gonna stay right here where I'm at and I'm gonna continue to walk down this path. You strive and you agonize to stay on the path that is narrow and leads to life. There's two groups, the many. Here's what I want you guys to let God really dig in for a second. The many, are you one of the many that is on the road to destruction? Many will, many will go there. 
I remember when I was running uh, down at the Boulder Boulder, my wife and I were running that. You may have heard me tell this story before, but it was a 10K, and after we got just about where we were going to be done, we went into the University of Colorado Stadium is where we would finish. And I'll never, and I'm, I'm saying these scriptures out loud running up a sidewalk. So we come around this curve, and there's a little bit of a hill working up to the stadium. So we come around this curve, Rachel and I will, I'll use running lightly because we're more jogging than running. So we're going up there and we're on this sidewalk. And you know, sidewalks are only so wide, right? They're kind of narrow. And as we're running up this sidewalk, getting to where you turn into the stadium, there is a flood of people coming back the other way, walking down the wide street. And I saw this picture in my head. Narrow is the road that leads to life, and broad is the road that leads to destruction, and many will go there. And that many was watching these people who had already finished the race coming out of the stadium and coming back past me on the other sidewalk and on the wide road, and here's Rachel and I running up this sidewalk, getting to the stadium. And this picture came to my mind. I want to be one of the few I don't want to be one of the many. The many, the, the many are this. This road they choose because they can make their own decisions, believe whatever they want, and they can do whatever they want. I make my own decisions. Nobody's going to tell me what to do. I do whatever I want, and I make whatever decisions I feel like. And the Bible says in the book of Judges, I think, yeah, chapter two in Judges, says there was a generation that knew not the things of the Lord and did what was right in their own eyes. If that's not today's world, that you, that's the world you guys are swimming upstream on. And I get it, you guys. I'm so proud of all of you in this room for staying with youth groups, sticking with all this stuff this year because you're swimming upstream. You're, you're the, all you students in here, you're Rachel and I running up that path, staying on the narrow path, staying on the narrow way, going against the stream because in this world today, it seems like there's a generation that knew not the things of God and they did whatever was right in their own eyes. Sound familiar? But you guys aren't like that. God's always got a remnant, and you guys are the remnant, and you gotta keep going, you gotta fight, you gotta strive to stay on that narrow path. And the few, there's the few that find it. And that striving and that agonizing, looking and searching every single day, Lord, am I on the right path? Talking to the Lord while you're living your life, I wanna make sure I'm on the right path, I'm doing the right things. I'm agonizing, I've got my eyes fixed on the author and the finisher of my faith because that's exactly how I wanna live. One of the reasons you do this, that they find this road is because it, that few, I, I believe one of the reasons few people find this road is because it, it requires one thing and most people hate it. And the thing is we're created with it, obedience. It's gonna take obedience. It's gonna take you guys being obedient <clears throat> to what God lays on your heart through scripture and what the Holy Spirit speaks to you about. You're gonna to have to choose to be obedient. And I'm saying it this way, you're going to, I'm saying it the way I mean it, you're gonna to have to choose to because there's gonna be times your flesh is gonna tell you you don't wanna do that. But you're gonna to have to make a choice that you're gonna be obedient to the Lord. Jesus said this, if you hold to my teaching, you are really my disciple. So which are you tonight? Are you the few or are you the many? That's the choice you've gotta make and I don't care what your age in this room is, we gotta make that choice every day because every day I get up, that gate is mine and I wanna make sure I stay on that narrow path. By God's grace, I do that. And then there's two destinies and then I'm done. One destiny is destruction. That's the finish line. Watch me, there's, there's two finish lines before you guys tonight and each one of them have got a tape across it. And one of them is gonna to lead to destruction. And that destruction is death. There is an everlasting, and, and, that word, and, and the destruction is this, you guys, you gotta get your arms around this. This is an eternal destruction. 
It's not temporal. It's not like having a bad day. This is an eternal destruction that is absolutely separated from God's presence forever. You can take the worst kid in school that thinks they're an atheist. I'm an atheist. I don't believe in God. Do you realize they're still experiencing God's presence? Because God's everywhere. Go outside tonight and you look up at those stars. They're still experiencing God by even the nature itself. Nobody on this planet other than Jesus himself was the only one to know what it's literally like to be utterly separated from the Father, from God himself. And when he experienced that was on the cross when he said, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? At that time, theologians say the God the Father turned away from God the Son and turned his back. Jesus knows what it is to be, etern- or to be completely separated from God. We don't know what that's like. Nobody on this planet knows what that's like because we're still experiencing God. And when I say eternal destruction, it is a thing that we do not want to experience. That's the tape at the end of the wide road. The destiny of that is eternal destruction. And go read those scriptures. Revelation 20, 15, John describes the lake of fire. We will be thrown into, those who do not believe in Jesus and have rejected him will be thrown into the lake of the fire forever. And then there's life. The road that leads to life, eternal life, eternal life forever with God. This is a life that is talked about in Romans 6, and 23, and that life is a free gift of God. Through salvation in Jesus Christ, we experience that thing called heaven, and that is eternal life with God. And the one thing I wanna close with, and then we'll turn to our small groups, is this. So if tonight as I'm talking, and you really feel in your heart that, and being honest with God and really opening up your heart, and you're like, man, I've been one of the many, I'm on the wrong path. I am on the wrong road and I don't want to be. And somehow or another, I ended up here and I'm not even sure how. That's through disobedience, going your own way, being selfish, not following God's commands. That's how we end up there. But let's say you're on the path, the many. You're one of the many that's on the wide road that leads to destruction tonight. To get on the narrow path, all you have to do is this. I've been walking the wide road. I've been walking this way, doing it the world's way, doing it my way, not being obedient to God, and I've never really experienced that gate that's Jesus. All I have to do is get off the wide road is to do this, repent, turn. Repent and turn from sin. You repent and you say, Lord, forgive me. And you know what? Like that, he forgives you. And then you're on the narrow path. So if you're in this room tonight and you don't believe that you've ever went through that gate that is Jesus, you've never experienced salvation at this point, or you need to repent because you went from the narrow path, which you have a free will to walk across the bridge and get over here on the wide path, on the wide road. If you've done that, you repent and you turn from your wicked ways and you turn from your sin and you ask God to forgive you and and repent and come back in the right relationship with him, and you are. And then you're on the narrow road again. But you never wanna take God's grace for granted, ever. This back and forth thing doesn't work, you guys, because eventually I know human beings and our flesh will eventually win out and we'll get tired of fighting the good fight and we'll end up on that wide road that, that leads to destruction and eternal death. And I do not want that for you guys. But that is the Bible and that is real. Yes, we're saved by grace, but there's a path to follow after that and it's narrow, but the one who is waving you on going, come, follow me. I'll lead you to life, eternal life. I'll lead you to a full life, abundant life. And then you can hear the words one day, well done, good and faithful servant. Turn to your groups and we'll close up here in just a few minutes.
Okay, if I can have you guys' attention back to the front of the room. I'm going to close with a video in just a minute, but I want, I, want to, I want to encourage you guys for just a second. We talked about this at our table just a little bit, and I'm sure you guys did too as well. As I'm walking on this narrow road, the one thing that has kept my heart with the right attitude towards those that might be on the wide road that leads to destruction, I don't get self-righteous. I don't get critical of them. I don't judge them because that was once me. Does that make sense? So as you're walking on this narrow road and you're walking with the Lord and the best thing you can do if you know someone, one of the questions was, do you know someone who is on that wide road that leads to destruction? And I would say we all do. The thing that keeps me healthy in my prayer life for them and praying for them and lifting them up and trying to build a relationship with them, seeking them, sharing the gospel with them is I was once blind and I couldn't see either. And it wasn't that long ago that I could not see. So I want to pray for someone like that and pray with the right aroma and the attitude of my heart that I can lift them up in prayer. Does that make sense to you guys? And the other thing with this, that down at the bottom of your bulletin on the, on the very bottom of the page, it says this, Proverbs 4, 26 and 27. And I think this is a good way to live that would keep us on that narrow path. Ponder the path of your feet. Then all, then all your ways will be sure. Do not swerve to the right or to the left. Turn your foot away from evil. So if you want to know what the rhythm of your life should look like to walk on that narrow path that leads to, etern- to, leads to life in general and then eternal life, I think Proverbs 4, 26 and 27 is a very good scripture to do that with. Each day you get up, you ponder, your, ponder the path of your feet. Where am I going? What am I doing? How am I living my life? And then don't swerve, you guys. Don't swerve from the right to the left. I promise you it's not worth it. It's just not. It's gonna look fun in the temporary, and I think Peyton put it this way one time, it's gonna seem like there's almost a sense of urgency to doing that. That it's so urgent that I wanna do this right now because the Bible makes it very clear, you guys. Sin in a season is fun, but it leads in the end to destruction. And I promise you it is an empty, empty, void way to live your life. So don't swerve to the right, don't swerve to the left. Keep your eyes fixed on the author and the finisher of faith, and when Jesus is saying, just, just follow me, it's gonna be okay. We're trusting him with our eternity. Trust him with your next step. Trust him with your next decision, because he's trustworthy. I wanna close with a song, it's called The Narrow Path or The Narrow Way, I think is the name of it. What I want you guys to do though, while this song is playing, listen to some of the words, I think it'll be helpful, but then just again, pray. Open up your hearts to God and say, Lord, search my heart, know my ways, and see where you're at in conversation with God tonight. So, Corey, if you'd play that video. I believe on this narrow path, there will be times you'll be lonely. But you'll never be alone. Don't be shocked when it's hard. Expect it to be hard. But the other thing you can expect is that Jesus will be there with you. Isaiah 41.10 says this, do not be dismayed and do not be discouraged. I am your God and I will hold you with my righteous right hand. And I want you guys to always see the picture of walking down that narrow road, holding on to God's hand and don't you ever shake free from it. When things get hard, you hold on tighter. When you feel alone, you grip his hand harder because you know you're not alone. Might be lonely, it's not gonna be easy all the time. You're gonna have to make hard decisions as Christians to stay on that path that leads to life. But God's grace will help you achieve that each and every moment of each and every day. Let's pray.
Father in heaven, you're good, and I'm so grateful for your word, Lord. And it's like I prayed at, or prayed at the beginning, Lord, such a simple scripture, but yet so sobering and has so much impact to it. I pray, Lord, tonight that we take your words to heart, that there is a way that leads to life, and you're the gate we need to walk through to get there. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for your mercy. Thank you for the truth of your scripture. And I pray for each person in this room, including myself. Lord, by your grace and by your mercy, help us to stay on that narrow path and walk with you and through this world with you and no matter what's going on and what we're doing. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Love you guys, you are dismissed. Have a great night, everyone.